0: Hey everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We're continuing the Freedom Series today and the key verses we're looking at are in Second Corinthians 3. Um, starting from 16. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we're changed into His glorious image. You know, we serve a supernatural God, and we should expect him to work supernaturally. It says wherever the the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, you know, we need freedom. We need freedom from God in every area of our lives. And therefore, we need to open the doors of our lives to allow the Holy Spirit liberty to work, liberty to, to set us free, liberty to bring change in every area of our lives. And, you know, to do that... We need to raise our sights beyond what we can see in the natural. Let's begin to see the spiritual dimension to life. As believers, our lives should not just be ordinary, but extraordinary. Not just natural, but supernatural. You know, I'm not normal. And, <laughs> and everyone said, yes, we knew that. But, but what I mean is, I don't fit into the expectations of the world around me. Yeah. I, d- I don't do the things that my colleagues expect me to do. I don't do the things that my neighbours do. My worldview is different. My expectations are different. My sights are higher. And, you know, as believers, we, we need to, to stop trying to fit into the, the mould of the world. I'm not talking about being weird, um, but simply living in a way... That causes others to take notice and say, Wow, whatever happened to him yeah, yeah. it 's the change that God brings in our lives yeah. you know that 's exactly how it was with jesus when when Jesus walked this earth, people were attracted not just to his preaching but to his his personality, just to to who he was because he was different in a positive way yeah. he he wasn 't like some um Fanatical street preacher that sends people running. No, Jesus gathered people. They yeah. they came because of who he was, and that was because of God's work in his life. We need to be the same. Yeah. Anyway, we need to raise our sights higher. And I want to start tonight with uh, a psalm, a cry from the heart of King David at one of the absolute lowest points of his life. It's Psalm fifty-one. And David wrote this song immediately after he had um, fallen in in adultery and in murdering Uriah. And um, God had to send a prophet to convict him. And suddenly David realizes the magnitude, the immensity of what he's done and the gulf that, that now separates him from God. And he writes this. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence. Or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You know, you don't have to be a murderer or an adulterer to identify with this stuff, particularly um, with verse 12, which is our focus tonight. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know, if you've been a believer any length of time, you'll have experienced situations which threaten to steal the joy of your salvation. It's a clear strategy of the enemy to steal joy from our lives. But he'll, he'll try to steal our salvation. But when he fails in that, he'll try to steal the joy of your salvation. And the result, if, if he succeeds in taking our joy, the result is that the Christian life begins to become a burden rather than a delight we're still doing things for God but the passion the zeal has died in our lives and it begins to become a routine it begins to become a religious exercise an empty thing and that puts the enemy in a great position to limit our effectiveness well there's a simple cure and that's to put ourselves in a position where God can restore that joy of our salvation. Around the age of 14, I was baptized. And it was, it was one of the, the most uh, amazing experiences of my life. I was so excited, and um, anticipating going into the waters of baptism, and then um, going down and up. And you know, I was on an absolute high and I thought, wow, my, my problems are gone, my worries, my concerns, they're, they're all behind me. I'm, I'm, I'm somebody new, and that was true. But, you know, I was living on emotion, and um, those emotions lasted three days. <laughs> and then I came down to earth with a bump, and I thought, where have they gone? Where's that, that joy gone? I didn't understand why I'd lost it and I certainly didn't understand how to get it back. But the reality is we can't maintain the joy of our salvation purely by natural means. We need the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And it wasn't until a number of years later that I began to realise that. In 1993, I came into Christian Outreach Centre as it was then, um, INC, Now, and I had a powerful encounter with god it was a time of repentance it was a time of brokenness i could really identify with with Psalm 51 at that time it was a time of me coming back to god the passion was birthed in my life a a passion that exceeded anything that I'd, i'd ever experienced before i was passionate about god i was passionate about church and it was an incredibly exciting time as i threw my energy into the church in air and one of the things, uh, the many things that I learned at that time as I um, consumed God's word and, and every book that Pastor John could um, send my way, one of the things I learned was that connection with the Holy Spirit is crucial to defend our joy. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, it doesn't stop our emotions trying to do the roller coaster thing. But I, what I found was that when I choose to stick close to God, then I didn't need to lose my joy just because my emotions wanted to go the other direction. I discovered there are choices I could make in life. I discovered there are, there are options that I could choose that, that would direct the, the, the course of my connection with God. I didn't have to just take what life threw at me. I could make decisions. I could position myself in a place where God was free to work. And that is not easy. I don't want to pr- portray this as something simplistic, but you know, it's a powerful, powerful truth that we need to, to get hold of in our lives. Because when we look beyond the natural, we see so much more. When we look beyond feelings, beyond emotions, beyond circumstances, there is so much more. I just want to look tonight at a guy in the Bible who had a revelation of that. It's back in the book of 2 Kings, and I'll just set the scene here um, before we get into the Bible. Elisha the prophet has become a, a sort of secret agent for the, the king of Israel, and um, the, there's a neighboring country, um, Aram, or Syria, which is trying to invade Israel. And um, the king of Aram, he keeps coming up with new strategies to, to launch an attack here or, or a raid there. And Elisha knows exactly what's going on because God's revealing stuff to him. He's, he's listening out. God's bringing revelation. And Elisha goes straight to the king of Israel and tells him the enemy's plans. And the king of Aram is getting so frustrated. He's He's noticing that when he attacks here in secret, the Israelites are there waiting. Then he tries over here and they're waiting again. And in frustration, he gathers all his generals together one day and he bangs the table and he says, someone's a spy, someone's a traitor. Nobody except you guys in this room know our our plans. And yet the king of Israel, he's got his armies in position every time to, to counteract what we're doing. And the generals said, hey, it's not us. They said, we're all loyal. They said, there's a prophet in Israel who, who knows the very words that you speak in your bedroom. Oh, what, a, what a testimony to God. <laughs> the, 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 that's what the enemy, what's being said in the enemy's camp. And the king says, right, that prophet's got to go. And he sends his army you know, have you ever had an army sent to, to stop you? But that's that's what the king of Aram decided was necessary. He sent his army to capture the prophet. Elisha's in a city called Dothan. And um, during the night, the army of Aram circles the city. And in the morning, Elisha and his servant, they wake up, they look out, and they see the enemy army surrounding the whole place and um, let's pick up the story in 2nd Kings 6.15 when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city oh my lord what shall we do the servant asked don't be afraid the prophet answered those who are with us are more than those who are with them And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Naturally speaking, this servant has already seen everything there was to see. He's an observant guy. He's picked out the the infantry. He's picked out the cavalry. He's picked out every. Um, host that the enemy sent against them but he's, that's all there was to see but that's not all that was there what he sees doesn't bring much joy I think this guy's pretty much lost the joy of his salvation this morning <laughs> you know it's bad enough to see the enemy's army outside the city but when you know that it's there personally to get you then that, that lays the pressure on doesn't it <laughs> But then, Elisha makes this statement. He says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And, you know, that is, that is always a truth in our lives. If you're a believer, then that's true for you. Those who are with you are more than those who are with them. But, Elisha went beyond the statement. And he says, open his eyes so that he may see. And God opens the servant's eyes and he gets this glimpse, a rare glimpse into the spirit world. You know, we, we don't often see what, what's going on in the spirit world, but we'd, we'd better believe God's word. We'd better believe the, the revelation of God's word, that there are unseen things and that God is victorious in the unseen world. And suddenly this servant realizes there's more To life than what you can see, what you can hear, what you can touch, what you can taste, what you can smell. He's looked beyond the natural, and he begins to see things differently, and his whole perspective changes. Nothing has changed in the in the circumstance. The army's still there, but his conclusion goes from from expecting imminent defeat to expecting imminent victory. The situation hadn't changed, but his joy was restored because he has a revelation of the greatness of God and his salvation. And you know, when we lose the joy of our salvation, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us back. He wants to give us a fresh insight, He wants to give us a new understanding, He wants to give us that that revelation because when we have a revelation a, a, a new understanding of salvation it will stir us on the inside it will rekindle passion it will cause us to burn afresh with the fire of God and he wants to enable us to rediscover that joy so that it can be restored in our lives now, we don't lose our salvation when we're under pressure but often we lose its benefits because we forget or we, or we don't realise that they're there I have a few credit cards. Let me hasten to add uh, what I I do with them is I I spend during the course of the month and then pay it all off at the end of the month, and um, then I get a nice big cash back uh, once a year. But some of these credit cards have hidden benefits, and unless I get the small printout and read up about them, then... I can't be sure what those benefits are. Some credit cards have, have free insurance attached. Some credit cards have um, identity fraud protection. Whatever it is, those benefits are there. But unless I read up on them, unless I study what the, the terms and conditions are, then I'll never benefit from what's already been provided for me. And it's like that with us and God. Salvation is here. If you're a believer, salvation is in your life. You, you have. God has provided everything that you need. God has provided everything that he is going to provide. But we need to catch a hold of the fact it's there. We need to take a hold of those benefits in our lives and begin to apply them. Salvation is something amazing. It touches every area of life. But there's always that danger that the pressures of life get on top of us and begin to squeeze our joys, squeeze our revelation, our passion, our zeal for God. And so we may not mess up big time like David did, but all of us, we reach points in our Christian lives where we need to rediscover the joy of God's salvation. There are points for each of us where we're less on fire for God than we were before. Where the zeal has declined, where the passions diminished, and you know sometimes it's only a small adjustment that we need to make, but a small adjustment can make all the difference. NASA have a gun. It's a chicken gun. <laughs> uh, let me um, clarify that. The um, chickens are not the targets of the gun. They're the ammunition. Uh, and um, the reason for this is um, so they can test out airplanes and spacecraft um, to, to make sure they can survive um, bird strikes at high speed. <laughs> and so rather than trying to, to fly the spacecraft into a bird, they, they, have, this, they have this gun which... Um, which shoots chickens at the, at the front of the, of the spacecraft um, at high velocities to, to test out the, the impact and make sure that it's, um, it's all secure. Well, this, um, this is quite a useful tool, and they, um, they hire it out, or they used to anyway. This is a number of years ago. They hire it out to other people who want to do similar things. and. <laughs> there was a British um, railway company a, rail- a train manufacturer was developing this new high speed train and um, so they rented NASA's um, chicken gun to, um, to test out because you know trains go fast and they can have problems hitting birds too um, so they fired the gun at the train and their jaws dropped at the results the, um, the windscreen shattered the, the dummy train driver's head disintegrated. They, the back of the seat um, was smashed to smithereens, and the, the chicken embedded itself deep in the bulkhead behind. And um, these um, train engineers were absolutely panicking. They're thinking, what on earth have we done wrong here with this design? And so they printed out all the data. This, I think, was in the days before the Internet. They, they printed out all the data, big pile of paper, and sent it off to NASA and said, can you analyze this and, and tell us what, what are we doing wrong with this um, with this train design or with this experiment? And to their surprise, NASA spent no time on it at all. It came straight back with um, three words written across the front of the paper defrost the chicken. (laughs) You know, sometimes a little adjustment makes all the difference. And God wants to make some adjustments in our lives tonight, I believe. He wants us to realize that that salvation is so much more than just a ticket to heaven when we die. The, The Greek word, soteria, speaks of wholeness, of body, soul, and spirit. It speaks of the future. Yes, heaven, yes, absolutely. But it also speaks of the present. God wants us to experience His salvation in the here and now. And the Bible is packed with promises, with revelation about what that means. You know, the Bible tells us about who God's made us. It it tells us that salvation means I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I've been raised up with Christ and seated with Him in the heavenly realms. I'm a fellow citizen with God's people. I'm a member of God's household. I'm strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. And those ones are just from the book of Ephesians. There are many, many more when we get the revelation the full revelation of what our salvation encompasses it enables us to live differently it enables us to overcome sin to live holy lives it enables us to receive healing body, soul and spirit it equips us to live victoriously despite everything life throws at us uh, it opens the door to prosperity in every area of our lives and Last but most important of all. It opens the door for us to become more like Jesus. Back to where we started tonight. 2 Corinthians 3 says this, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. It's where the Spirit of the Lord is that we are changed. It's in His presence that our transformation takes place. That's where we're enabled to be like Jesus. That's where we're enabled to live in holiness. And so we need to get where He is. And that's why King David ran to the temple of the Lord, to, to enter into his presence. But, you know, today God doesn't dwell in a temple, or he does, but it's not a physical temple made of bricks. His temple is his people. Yes. And, you know, we connect with God corporately as, as part of the church, and we connect with God individually in our own lives. And we've got to prioritize that. We've got to seek God. We've got to run into His presence. Because when we have a a revelation of the fullness of our salvation, then our passion will be restored. Our zeal will be reborn. The fire of God will be rekindled in our lives. And our joy will be rediscovered. Let's pray together tonight. Father we want to thank you for what you've done in and through us Lord we want to thank you for the fullness of our salvation we want to thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives, the plans you have for us, for the changes that you want to make